3: What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 146 of the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. I am currently sitting in my car in the Red River Gorge because it's loud out there. Uh, Rocktoberfest is, well, setting up for Rocktoberfest is getting underway Um, So there's all sorts of goings-on all around my car, so I'm huddled in here in this miserable little sweat box to make sure that you all get this episode. I'm also getting a little bit of a cold here. I'm a little snuffy, stuffy, a little sniffly, and that doesn't bode well for emceeing this thing all weekend. We're going to make it happen regardless. I'm currently snorting emergency, and I think it's helping. Um, I do want to say a huge thank you to everybody because we just wrapped up our biggest month yet for the podcast with uh, around forty five thousand downloads for the month, which is kind of mind blowing when I think about where this thing started and and it's such a tiny little niche podcast. so, I appreciate you all spreading it around to your friends. Keep doing that, and I will keep putting out these episodes. It, it means the world to me that everybody is listening. Lots of people are supporting on the Patreon, and that makes it possible for me to go interview people in person and, and sit down and really get some quality information and in good conversations. I appreciate that massively. I don't have a ton of time here, so I am just going to jump into this thing here. Um, we start by talking about space constraints for boards versus spray walls with my guests today, who are Will Anglin. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you are no... Will Anglin is no stranger to you. We also have Michael Rosado, who is also with Tension Climbing. And I wanted to sit down with these two because in the Tension Training Center, they have their own board, the tension board, which is fabulous. And they also have their big spray wall. So I wanted to compare and contrast the two things. And we start talking about space constraints. And I just want to let you know that if you listen at the end of this thing on the other side, I will be telling you about new tension boards that have just come out that are specifically sized for home wall users. So if you're a home wall user, you're thinking about the tension board, and you've only got a small space, you're going to want to listen after the jump. All right. Let's get into it.
2: You have to mold your body to this inhuman medium that doesn't care at all about you or what you want to do or whether you want to send or not or how long you've been training. You just have to figure it out. Wow.
3: Yeah, so I, yeah, so kind of briefed. the <laughs> kind of the idea is to I'm gonna be doing this big home wall series like over the next year, two years, forever, who knows? Um, and what I really want to discuss is like which, what the pros and cons are between boards versus spray walls, and and maybe get into a little bit of what the pros and cons are of each board. Um, Cool. Yeah, so i was saying. I, I feel like you're you
2: got a lot to say about it.
3: Yeah, and like what boards or what we're looking for in spray walls. Like when if we do decide spray yeah. wall is the way, who should be using a spray wall? How do we, you know, how do we determine that? And and I think maybe you guys have the best and most recent. Sort of knowledge on those two things because you've got the tension training center here. I heard somewhere you guys are churning out hard climbers. Yeah, true? churning is a weird word. <laughs> we make them. They they come here to be made. <laughs> they can only be
2: churned if they don't ever talk.
3: <laughs> yeah, you can't come here and talk. This we is like a fight fun. club kind of a thing. No yes. talking,
2: yes. only churning.
3: You don't talk about the <laughs> tension training center, no. and you don't and talk, you don't talk when it. you're here. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Um. Because you guys have a a big spray wall, and obviously you make a board. Um, Do you make the board or just a board? Well,
2: I like to think we make the board, (laughs) but some people would say we just make a board. Right. Well, being who we are, I would say we
0: yeah we we make the board, but I think that you know um, boards boards they they all have their pros and cons, Um, but but we make the best one. So
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: okay.
2: yeah it's I think really when you're talking boards and spray wall the whole thing like everything everything has its own pros and cons like depending right. on which which board you choose if you choose a board each one of those works better in some ways and not as good in other ways and it just kind of depends what you're looking for and similar with a spray wall like a spray wall has pros and cons as compared to boards and it really just depends on what what kind of space you have what kind of training you're trying to do and what sort of skill you're coming into
3: this whole situation with yep so before we start let's kind of Nate um how about how about Michael you keep that and then Nate whenever you want to say something or just want to chime in just grab the mic from me that's totally fine So we're we're short on a mic here, people. So we're gonna have to be sharing. We have to be nice guys for change. (laughs) Um, Let's start with like, if someone has a home wall, they have space for a home wall. Why choose a spray wall versus a board? So first, let's look at space considerations. Um, And let's compare the two. If you had, what space would you need for a board? Do you think?
2: Well, so with the different kinds of boards, um, different ones are going to fit in different spaces, better or worse. So uh, with and and really, the whole idea with the boards is that there's this standardized layout and everything, and so you can't really deviate from those space constraints. Like you, you, you it doesn't work super well if you try to condense, squish it down, yeah, or, or yeah. like.
3: You cut know, off part of it,
2: yeah. Cut off part, change the dimension. So, you really need at the very least a space that you can tip an 8x12 plane in. And so, with
3: are all the boards pretty much 8x12? Kilter's making a much bigger one now, yeah. But, Kilter
2: has a bigger one, but they also have an 8x12, okay, which is which is better for a small space. So, um Between those three boards, um, the moon board really only supports, as far as I know at this point, like a 20 and a 40 degree angle, Mm -hmm. which, uh, and they need, uh, the kickboard is mandatory, which makes it so you, you do have to have a fairly high ceiling in order to get a board like like that in there. Um, the kilter board and the tension board support a much larger angle range, and so, A steeper board is going to fit into a room with a shorter ceiling height better. Uh, And so if you're space constrained, deciding between those two boards is probably where you're looking. And then if you have more space, that, that opens up the moon board into consideration as well.
3: Why hasn't any of the companies, I'm sure you have a good answer for this, Why haven't we just made a board that fits into an eight foot tall space, which is kind of the U.S. standard for better or for worse? It's on the way. Oh, it's on the way. I can't say anything more. (laughs) Don't ask me. All the secrets here (laughs) at the Tension Training Center. Okay. And so width wise, we're talking eight feet. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the standard boards that you would bring into your house are 12 feet you just have to be able to tip it to fit into your space. Okay. And then spray wall can be any size, right? Yeah. And that
2: that's the real, the real beauty of the spray wall is you can make it whatever you want. And so space-wise, it's really flexible. Uh, with what you're training, it's really flexible because you can put any holds on it. You can put them anywhere you want. Um, the main thing that you got to think about when it comes to spray walls is you have to be able to assess yourself really well in mm-hmm. order to equip a spray wall in a way that's going to be really useful for you. Yep. And totally. so that that's really where it becomes nice to have a board because then you don't have to necessarily do any route setting. You don't have to pick which holds are going to work well for you and such. You just get the standard sets and you already know where they go. And then you have a database of climbs. But if you, you have the skill and you have the ability to, uh, you know, get all the different holds that you would need and you have the construction experience and you can build, you know, a, a, a good wall, then, uh, you know, I think spray walls are incredible. I think they're probably my favorite.
3: Oh, that's interesting to know, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, but still talking kind of about the space, is there an optimal angle, in your opinion, for a spray wall? Like if someone has a 10-foot ceiling, should they put in a 45, or should they put in a, a, a 30 with less climbing space, or should they put in a 60 that can be much longer?
2: I I typically try to push people towards a steeper wall. Okay. Um at least thirty and you know, probably not more than fifty or so. Mm-hmm. Uh you can always get bigger Why holds. Why those angles? Why would well, you yeah, choose? Well, those? because you can always add volumes and you can always get bigger holds. But once you put a twenty degree or a ten degree wall in a space, that's it. And then <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, it. that's it. exactly like, what you meant. That's it. That's it. It's, it's short. Uh, it's going to be hard to do really powerful moves. If you have a short ceiling, like you're only getting a couple moves in, uh, the holds that it takes to make difficult climbing on a 20 degree wall are not super fun to climb on all the time.
3: Yeah, So totally. That's something we're finding at, in the machine shop is that, you know, I love the 20 degree wall in there. It's, it's much shorter than the 45, a much smaller wall. But a lot of the angle we're climbing on outside uh, on, on the sport routes is roughly around twenty. Um and I wanted it for that reason, you know, just just to be working on really bad small holds and tiny little feet. And it's really effective for that, but it's not that fun and people tend to steer clear of it because to try something hard, it's gonna it's gonna wreck your fingers a little bit.
2: Yeah. I and I think Like if you're going to pick one angle, I mean, 45 is probably the place to start.
1: Do you think a spray wall can be too small? Is there a minimum size that's necessary? Because this is something that I definitely have heard people talk about where maybe they built one and they're like, oh, it's only, you know, let's say seven feet tall. And they're like, well, you can't do anything with that or something along those lines. Or maybe they don't have that much space. Is there value in having a smaller wall?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you've ever seen the the seller boards in the UK,
3: yeah, totally.
1: Those
2: dudes get brutal strong, and they're doing one or two moves. And you can, and the nice thing. So if you can really separate in your head, like, okay, I'm training in here on this board. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not, you know, trying to top out. I'm not sending anything. Like I'm training. You can have a wall that's four feet tall and get something out of it you can contrive moves you can make yourself move do eight moves without ever really going anywhere
3: because why not like you'd have to be pretty hardcore to want to build a four feet tall wall oh yeah but (laughs) but i agree you could definitely get something out of it
2: yeah the the person i think becomes really important if you you know it's yeah it's not as fun as going into the gym and climbing the green pop problem and grabbing all the cool holds and slopers and spinning around and going feet first. But, you know, people have gotten really, really strong on really, really short boards doing things that look really, really not fun.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I agree completely. We had our, uh, the engine room in Cincinnati was a pretty small little space. You know, the ceilings are eight feet tall and we had a, about a 40 degree board in there. And, You know, it's three moves to the top or something like that, and I definitely got the strongest I'd been at the time training almost exclusively on that board. So definitely doable. 45, that's kind of the angle, and that's the angle we chose for our big wall in the machine shop. What's your spray wall out here? It's got a couple of different angles.
2: It's three angles. It goes 55, 45, 35, and it's like 13 feet tall, I think. Um, I really like I kind of the ultimate for me for a training wall is that convex bulge. Mm-hmm. that's that's my my favorite. If I could only have one wall, it would be that, and so that's what we built. Um, what I really like about it is your feet are constantly pulled like further away from you. And so it really emphasizes foot tension, and it's always pushing your hips out, mm. which makes it hard. Um, where when you get into, like, a concave scoop, you're always able to suck your hips really close into the wall right. and direct more pressure down on your feet, which is which is great and totally valid and everything. But when it comes to trying to, you know, really make...
3: To train, to get yeah, strong.
2: hard stuff. Like you want it to be difficult. And so having your hips kind of constantly being pushed out forces you to have more core tension and emphasizes the hands a little bit more.
3: Yeah. So it seems like 40 is kind of the board angle. You know, that seems to be the angle most people kind of settle at with boards. Would you agree with that? Or is that only because that's where the moon board started? It's
2: pretty much that's where the moon board started. Okay. Um, that was just the angle of, of that board. In the schoolroom, And it's a great angle. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I think in the U.S. people were building walls at 45. It's just a more round, like, well, it's right in the middle. We'll go 45. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: Are there benefits, do you think, to the 45? Like, what's the benefit of a 45 over a 50 or over a 30?
2: Uh... It's, like I said, it's just kind of right in the middle. Um, it's pretty easy to make difficult problems. Like the, the small holds don't have to be that small and Mm -hmm. it still will really tax your fingers. Um, it's when you, when you start getting a lot steeper than 45, like 50 and beyond, you end up having to grab some pretty big holds. Uh, and likewise as when we talked about like 20 when you get more towards vertical things just have to get really heinously small and and pretty sharp and so 45 is just that nice middle ground and you know give or take five degrees you're still pretty much there
0: yeah no i I would agree with that because you know a lot of times i'll i'll crank the you know, the tension more down to 50 and yeah, you are primarily using bigger holds, but again, you're, you're bringing into play a lot more things like core tension and whatnot. So you're able to, you you know, you're a lot of times you're cutting feet more, which, you know, inherently builds your core a little bit better, but you know, my favorite angle is 35. I love it because you get this, you can climb on the smallest holds and still manage them. But, um, yeah, I would say 45 is, that, that's my go-to. Every time I get on the tension board, 45 is where I start typically because it's it's right in the middle there where you're, you're getting kind of best of both worlds.
3: Yeah, and I, I found think. that at 45, it's a good angle to be able to sort of tailor things to people's needs. Like if someone needs to be using smaller holds to gain the confidence on smaller holds or whatever, they can still do that while using pretty big feet and use pretty small holds on a 45, and vice versa. They can use pretty good holds, tiny feet, and it still works. Whereas you go a little steeper, and it becomes much, much harder to use small feet, no matter what kind of, what size holds you're using, or much smaller hands, no matter what size feet you're using. And as soon as you make it closer to vertical, it just gets too easy um, when you're trying to you know, move things into people's comfort zones, in and out of people's comfort zones that way. So, For a 45 sure. seems like a good middle ground, so yeah. to speak.
2: It's literally <laughs> pretty much the middle ground. <laughs> Anything less <laughs> than 45 is slab, anyway. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at slab climbing in that case. And yeah, I didn't yeah, think yeah, I right. was until right now. <laughs> um, are there people, you know, a specific kind of person you think is suited better toward a board or toward a spray wall? And for instance, you know, I'll say this, I think if you don't have a pretty psyched community of climbers around you, like if you're, if you're a lone wolf or if you're somebody who lives in an area where there aren't a bunch of climbers who are going to come in session with you, then a spray wall can be really, really hard to climb on, to set on and to make work for you. And maybe you're a lot better off having a board in that situation.
2: Yeah, e- even if you're, you know, really good at at route setting or, um, you know, ha- have all the skills to equip a-, a good spray wall, it's almost impossible to sort of get out of your own head when you're making up boulder problems for yourself. Like as hard as you try to make things outside of your style or a little bit different than you would typically climb to kind of get yourself out of your wheelhouse. It's like almost impossible to do. Um, and and in that case, a board becomes a really good tool because you have access to a larger community and can get on boulder problems that other people made that really force you to get outside of your own box. And to the point where, like, you know, again, shameless tension board plug, but like I I have trouble making up boulder problems outside of what I actually wanna do. And so when I climb on the tension board, I'll, like I, one will either try and climb other people's boulders or if I make up a boulder, I make it up and then mirror it immediately and only climb the mirror of, like the initial boulder I had in my head mm-hmm. because I have a tendency to overemphasize my right hand and I've been doing it for so long cause I, I had that, I had carpal tunnel and my left hand got really weak. Um, and I, I cannot for the life of me, like, break myself out of that. And so I make up a boulder, I mirror it, and then it does exactly what I need it to do.
0: Yeah, I think I think to add on to that, I mean, you got to – when you have a spray wall, you've got to really understand your weaknesses, right? And you've got to be motivated to focus on those weaknesses. I'm, I'm terrible at it because, like, when I come in here and we're climbing on the beast, like, I – if you look in our app that we use for the spray wall to sort of log our, our climbs, I I never make anything up. I mean, that's then that's, and I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's because I always run into the rut of doing the same moves or holding the same holds. And that's the reason why every time I come in here, I typically have to follow somebody because I know they're, because Will, he he's, you know, a lot bigger than me. He can hit things a lot further. So it's, it's good for me to, to do those things. Um, But yeah, I think it, 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 it comes down to the motivation you've got and, and sort of the awareness you, you have to have to understand your weaknesses and not kind of do the same old thing over and over and over. So, um,
1: Totally. Um, so for people who do have spray walls and maybe don't have amazing communities or groups of people to climb with, um, are there good ways that y'all have found for making up boulders? Because this is something that I think has become sort of a lost art. I was talking with Chris about this the other day, how... When I started gym climbing, basically everything was just kind of a spray wall, but it had tape up it. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things that, yeah, you would climb the initial, oh, and nothing got rotated for like six months. Um, So you would climb all the initial boulders or what you could do. And then from there, everyone would have makeup boulders on all these sets. And I just realized the other day in the gym, I was like, "I I haven't seen anyone create a makeup boulder with set gym problems in years. Like the boulders aren't close enough, turnover so high. I mean, turnovers high enough, not only that you wouldn't run out of stuff just on that set, but there's always new things. But I think that's a really cool skill to develop that I don't think is being naturally developed in gym climbing now. Um, So is there an approach that y'all like for when you do have to set something for yourself?
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, even when I was growing up in gyms, it was still... Tape boulder problems, super high density. And, and sometimes, like in the very first uh, bouldering cave I started in, in earth treks in Columbia, the foot jibs, w- jibs would never move. And so they just got polished and <laughs> heinous and... Well-seasoned. Yeah, yeah. very well-seasoned. Um, yeah, so this, uh, this ties into another thing that I have a lot of thoughts about, uh, which is ergonomics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so... What I do, it like just on the spray wall, I never let myself move anything. Um, like as soon as you allow yourself to start turning or moving holds, you lose. You've gone down the wrong path. Yeah.
3: Don't do it. Um, just, just before you keep going, the only yeah. time I'll allow myself to turn a hold is if I put up a problem for myself that felt too easy, and then I'll turn it so that it's harder that's the only time I allow it I don't ever make things easier
2: all right I'll I'll allow it okay. <laughs> um, there's so
3: there are some
0: times when yeah I mean we'll we'll be making up one and and sort of our I, I, granted this doesn't answer the question of how you do it by yourself but if you have one other person like we we definitely like we'll sort of add a move you know play the add a move thing and that, that helps you sort of come up with a diverse s- sort of thing that you're doing but there are times when he'll be like I don't know about that or I'll be like I don't know about that and, and then one of us will do it and we're like damn we gotta keep it you yeah, know so yeah, it's yeah, like totally. you know yeah. Um, so ergonomics is uh,
2: I, yeah I think just having not and this I also, I think, kind of gets to the core of climbing, like not letting yourself move something. Like you figure out what you need to do yourself to make it work. Don't change what's on the wall. Don't turn the hold. Don't add a foot. Um,
3: yeah, if it's already there, I don't move it. Yeah. But and if I'm putting on new holds... With a move in mind, if it's easy, I'll change it.
2: Well, yeah. And that's, and that I think is a different thing that we should talk about, which is like how to actually start putting holds on a spray wall, which I think is really important. Um, But yeah, as far as like, you know, making stuff up outside of uh, your own typical style or just trying to get yourself to move differently, I'll, I typically have this sort of knee jerk reaction where like, I'll grab two holds and I'll look up and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's the hold I want to go to. And then I don't go to that hold like that. That's like the very first thing, making up the boulder problem. I get into a position, I look up, I'm like, oh, I want to go there. And then I definitely don't go there. I pick something else where I'm like, I don't know if you can even do that. Like that looks gross or that might not be possible. Or why would you ever grab that hold that way? When I started thinking like that, that's typically when I'm like, I'm gonna that's part of the climb now. Like, let's figure out how to make that whack thing work without moving anything, just see what happens. And that's really where I see the biggest benefit, regardless like whether you're climbing on a board or a spray wall. Like anytime you're making something up, if you're if you're worried about it then that's probably the right thing. If you look and you're like, oh yeah, that's good, that's sick, that's totally right, then you're, you're already in, you're in your own rut. And yeah, break out, go on hold further, use the hold that looks like it's pointed the wrong way, pick the foot that's too high or too bad or too far away or turn the wrong direction. That's really what I think hard climbing is about anyway. It's not even like, oh, that holds really hard. It's, man... All these holds are really good. I don't know why I can't do it. Like why are they why why right. is this difficult? Why are they pointed this way?
3: Yeah, that's the case so often. And I think you just kind of illustrated a really important way to to set hard things for yourself like if you drew a circle around a hold like okay, I want to go to that. I'm going to use that foot. And you're creating this circle, you know, where you're comfortable, then that's the circle you don't set in you know, come in closer or, or go out way further and just get uncomfortable. I think that's the, the main way to set things harder for yourself. Pick yeah. what you think you want to use and then go somewhere else. Well, that's climbing, right? I mean, you approach a
0: boulder and you get what you get. Yep. You gotta, got you know, you, you don't get to change anything really. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to change yourself. You have to bend yourself and, you know, move
3: yourself into what the boulder requires of you. So, you know. Yeah, and I think holds pointing the wrong direction are a really valuable tool for people that, that I tend to fall into this trap of like, well, this is the way I'm going to grab it the most comfortably, so this is how I'm going to set it, you know. Yeah. Instead of, oh, well, let's spin it halfway around and make it seem absolutely fucking ludicrous, and now it might be a much cooler move and it's going to teach me a lot more.
2: Well, and that's, I mean... Like Michael said, that's what climbing is all about. And I think it's what really, you know, the one thing that separates rock climbing from everything else is you're presented with this like inhuman, inanimate medium and using no other tools besides, I mean, now we're getting way into knee pads and stuff, but like, you know, minimal, (laughs) minimal tools, it's most like, it's your body. And you have to mold your body to this inhuman medium that doesn't care at all about you or what you want to do or whether you want to send or not or how long you've been training or how strong you are. Like, you just have to figure it out. And that kind of process of taking things that, you know, maybe they don't feel great at first or it's a little awkward and then you figure out how to make yourself be in that place and in those positions and have it not hurt and have it not be awkward and have it almost start to feel easy. And then all of a sudden you're leaking moves and now you're sending a boulder problem. And that's something that I think is really, uh, lost for the most part in gym setting and in climbing holds in general is we're the problem is a human is making those things like a human shapes that hold for a human hand and a human puts those holds on a wall built by a human in positions that are comfortable for a human, like at all the right angles and everything. But and it are you feels, human?
3: Let's let's be honest. I here. mean,
2: let's try not to be. <laughs> like and that's and that's really where I feel the the disconnect. Like when I go climbing in the gym, it's fun, you get fit or whatever. But then you go outside and it's like nothing feels the same. And it's because it's a rock. <laughs> yeah. Like no one no one made that. And you can more recreate that on a spray wall than kind of anywhere else because you know where a hold maybe felt really ergonomic in one way is now it's just a little off and it doesn't quite fit exactly what you would think and now all of a sudden you're having to you're like learning these new moves that if you were actually putting the holds on the wall you would never set because you're like oh that would be gross Mm -hmm. that wouldn't work or whatever and now you're forced to like look at that weird undercling and be like well that's where it is. like, let's figure out how to make that work. And now you're in that rock climbing problem solving mindset, and I think that's super valuable,
3: yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, just to back up a little bit and kind of build on what we started talking about here, um Michael mentioned that you can you know reach holds that are much further away. And I think that's a really important thing for Michael. like like you have you have the ability to watch someone else do it and then understand that it's doable, you know? And for me, it's really valuable to have people climbing in the gym who are stronger than me, um, who, or whose styles are totally different, you know, just like for you and Roland, Will, it's probably really valuable for the two of you to climb together um, because your styles were so different. So for years you were able to, to feed off of each other and having that on a spray wall I think is massively important absolutely I mean I I mean Michael is a
2: similar height to Roland as well and you know I and then and then Zach has just an inch of wingspan on me and so like with the the group of people I climb with I get you know, they make a boulder problem, I get forced into this really small box where I'm all trapped with my knees up in my face and have to figure out ways to move to get out of those too close positions. And then, like, I make something up that I really get to spread out on and they have to figure out how to, like, gain that extension somehow. And then, you know, Zach will make something up that's at his the limit of his reach and it's just too far for me and then I have to adapt. So having and you know back to what you said about like spray walls really working if you have you know a psyched community who's really psyched to push each other i mean that's that's huge getting getting people to to climb with who climb differently than you who are you know a different size like different holds are better or or even not as good cuz a boulder problem 3 grades below my max but in a style I'm totally not comfortable with that's freaking hard that could take me more like weeks to do sometimes you know
3: yeah and you might learn a lot more from it
2: absolutely so yeah a- any anything that can get you outside of your your typical box is going to be really really helpful
3: yeah and i think you know if you don't if you're a person who doesn't have that psyched community i'm really big on trying to build that community. You know, if it's not already built in, try to create it, just invite a couple of people, invite the strong kid at your gym to come over and set some boulders, you know, if, if pros come through on slideshow tours or whatever, invite them over to your home gym, you know, they might just come and then you've got a Daniel Woods boulder, you know, in your gym that you can play on from now till forever. And, maybe project is warm-ups, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's a really easy way to go about it, getting I, harder boulders.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I um, you know, I, I grew up in Birmingham, and the first official gym wasn't even there till 2009. I mean, I started outside and in little garages and stuff with my friends. And, um, I mean, you only really need one person. Even even just one more person adds so much more variety to what you're able to do and your motivations. Um, so yeah, I, am I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of building, uh, what's not there. Just, you know, you know, doing whatever you can to, to motivate you and, and other people. Um, that's big.
1: Yeah.
3: So what type of person needs a board? I mean, we're not, we're not just saying only the like super loners who don't have any friends are the ones who should have boards. So,
2: <laughs> well, even, I mean, even if you do have like a motivated community, it's, I mean, it's hard to get the right holds, get them in the right places. It takes a lot of time. And if you're a time constrained person and just don't want to mess with that, which I totally get, like I, I just like get off on that stuff. And so for me, I'm like always kind of tinkering with my board. I've been collecting holds for over a decade for eventually building this wall. I knew one day I would have a wall and I've been saving them forever. Uh, And so you know, if you're, if you're like that kind of person and you're just kind of tweaking out on this sort of stuff, it's really fun to have a spray wall. But, uh, if, if that doesn't sound, you know, constant tweaking and hunting down the right hold and figuring all that out, like if that doesn't sound like a good use of your time, then that's, I think where the boards really shine. And, and also, you know, again, to that community aspect, it's like, you know, there's a, uh, there's a kid, Nick Pellegrino, in in Boston who is, like, really good at these little pinches on the tension board. And, like, I, I get to someone who's on the other side of the country from me, like, pull up his boulders and be like, he did these. You know? Like, these go. And right. I know they're going to typify this style. And this is something I'm really weak on. And I can work on that specifically. Yeah.
3: And a lot of times you can check the Instagrams or whatever and find... Yeah, get the beta. You know, watch people (laughs) do the boulders. Yeah. You know, that... Even though you can see them in the app, there's still this... There's still this thing that seems impossible until you watch a video of someone doing it.
2: You know? Yeah. And you're like, Man, he hiked it. Yeah. I guess I gotta work harder. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: that's, that's totally. what's that's what's cool about the boards is that you you're not you're
0: more you're buying into more than just a you know, a board. You're buying into a sort of a community. And if you are by yourself and you're forced to be by yourself, you no longer are being that you know, they're all sort of the same all over the world. But, you know, in a way, like a lot of these boards are spray walls anyway. They're just kind of made for you. Um, you know, I, I would say ours is a little different, but, you know, the majority are just a spray wall that they've set up for you and you can't really, you know, do anything about it. You got <clears> to, <throat> you know, make up with what you've got. So, um, but yeah, they definitely come with a community, which that's, that's definitely a good thing, uh, I would say.
3: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I have lots of clients who are full-time career people have families and oftentimes they'll move into a situation where they don't have time to go to a commercial gym or there's no great commercial gym nearby or, you know, whatever, for whatever reason they're like, it's going to be a a much more efficient use of my time. If I can train at home by myself in these couple, in this little short window that I have, you know, and, That's, I think, the spray boards or the the boards shine for those people. You know, I've sent several clients recently said, just get a tension wall, Like, get that board. It's going to make your life way simpler. You go to the gym and climb solo anyway, and and you're having trouble getting in there and, and getting enough time in. If you don't value that, like, I'm getting out of the house and getting away from the family stuff, then do it at home you know, why not? It's gonna, it's a great tool and makes perfect sense for your situation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: Would you say, what's your like split, if you don't mind me asking, and you can totally estimate this, I'm not looking for numbers, <laughs> but between like commercial gym and home wall users who buy the tension board? Um. I mean, right off the bat, it was more home wall users. I mean, I think
2: that population is just, those are kind of the early adopters. And uh now it's it's probably 50/50 about you know
3: give or take depending on the month or the time of year but um i've seen them more and more in commercial gyms and i was was actually really psyched to see one over in australia oh uh, yeah at a gym in melbourne that i did some workshops at so
2: and i mean that that gets me really excited too because uh you know when you travel um the boards are kind of a, they're a constant wherever you go. So, you know, if I'm training here and then I get, you know, dragged to some sort of beach vacation somewhere, I can, you know, find a gym nearby and they have a tension board. I'm right on schedule. I can climb all my same boulder problems. I can do all my circuits. It's the same board. Perfect. Like that's awesome.
3: When was the last time you went on a beach vacation?
2: Uh, Two years ago and it was miserable <laughs> I, I, I just went
0: on one i got a good sunburn but I, I i didn't find uh didn't find any tension boards laying around but definitely brought my brought my
2: flashboards. i i hate the beach i like it cold and dark yeah that's, seriously that's my thing <laughs> you know
3: just a little further on this community talk i'm assuming you know based on what i've experienced and and what i've seen here I'm assuming you have people who are interested in just coming in to climb on the board because they've seen it on Instagram or something like that. You know, they've, they're here in Denver for CWA or whatever from across the world. And they're like, I need to go visit that place because I've seen that spray wall and I want to climb on that spray wall, you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rad. Uh, we, we have people come through and,
2: And it's cool. I mean, it's cool for us. Like we, we geek out on it all the time with like Daniel and Sean and Dave and all those dudes in here, like they make up a boulder and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I guess, you know, you can climb like that. That works. And then, and being able to come up with something and and then be like, man, that's really hard. I don't know if that goes. And then, you know, Daniel comes in and flashes it and you're like, well, all right, I guess it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. and yeah, I mean that gets that gets us psyched and, and we have people come in and are like, I wanna try that boulder that Daniel that I saw Daniel do on Instagram. We're like, There it is. Good luck. Yep, definitely. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah, it's uh our, our our it's nice to meet everybody to come
0: yeah, that comes and sees it. I mean we our our board sort of turned into this like uh I don't know. It's like an R and D playground as well. You know, we 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 throw things on there that we're sort of interested in, maybe releasing and whatnot. We tweak it and you know see how it feels. And but yeah, it's 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 definitely cool to meet all of these people that are interested in something we have for you know, which is weird to us in a way. But, um, but
3: yeah, really, really, really cool. Yeah, um, let's talk cost for a second. Like mm-hmm. when you, one of the benefits of. Buying a board is that you're buying the whole thing. Yeah. You don't, that's the price. You know, you're going to have to construct the frame or whatever to put the holds on, uh, you know, actually build the wall, but that's pretty much the cost of it. It's really easy to look at that big upfront cost and get scared of it. You know, if I see, if I see a $8,000 price tag or whatever, that sounds way more expensive than. I'm going to build this plywood wall for 500 bucks and then start putting holds on it because we, it's really hard to just calculate how many holds are going to fit on the spray wall, how much I'm going to have to spend on all of those holds.
2: Well, and then you start putting your human hours, like your time into it. And all of a sudden it gets, it can get pricey real quick.
3: Yeah. And I don't, I don't really honestly have a good sense of what a spray wall costs. Like it'd be interesting to find out per square foot, roughly what a good spray wall costs because, (laughs) you know, like, like you, I've collected holds over the years. I, I get holds from some companies, from friends, I trade holds, you know? So, so I definitely have not paid full price for the, the holds on my wall. Um, but I bet it gets really, really expensive,
2: yeah, yeah, it gets really expensive, and i mean for for me and i'm i'm still uh this kind of stuff still gets me i mean uh like like even for the tension board with you know just the holds between three and four thousand dollars you know i I still like. I'm like trying to find the cheapest eggs at the grocery store and stuff so when I it's like totally... I look at the price tag of the thing that I'm making I'm like whoa that's a lot yeah uh, but then I look at the the spray wall that we built and we probably just materials for the actual wall was probably like seven grand and then and then the man hours between Gabe and I like we probably put 60 hours into building the wall and then there's probably like 15 tw- i don't know it's hard to, it's hard to put a cost on the holds because i've been putting them together for so long but you know tens of thousands of dollars in yeah. holds plus i've probably like w- even where the board's at now i've probably put 120 hours into just putting holds on the wall in the right places and moving them around I'm not even done
3: oh yeah (laughs) like I'm
2: I'm still tweaking I still have like there there are holds I have in my head that I know I want to get on the wall at some point and I'm still kind of hunting them down and whenever I get enough I'm like okay cool hey everybody let me know what your like main projects are I won't move those but I'm like shuffling stuff around and boom there's another 40 hours again so yeah it and and then you and then you go back and you look at something like the tension board and you're like well I'll spend three to four grand on the holds it'll take me one to two hours to put them on and then I have you know 15,000 boulder problems yeah uh and that's you know
3: there's something to be said for that as well it's it's pretty damned appealing actually you know and I'm in the same boat as you with our spray wall I can disappear in there for three or four hours And my wife's like, oh, you know, what'd you do in there? And I'm like, oh, I've just been in there working. And she comes in (laughs) and she's like,
1: it looks exactly the same.
2: (laughs) My wife (sighs) dreads whenever I I get into like wall tweaking mode because I'll come in here and I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to go like, you know tweak some holds around for like two hours and then climb for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's like eight or 10 hours have gone by. I haven't eaten. I haven't had anything to drink. I'm just, my eyes are all glazed over and, and like, I'm still there like moving holds around and it's, it's like, you got to stop and it's time to come home for dinner.
3: Yeah. The (laughs) the spray wall obsession can definitely be bad for your health. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No question. Um, Yeah. You know, I'd be, I'd be interested in trying to figure that out. What the, what a spray wall costs roughly per square foot i bet we could come up with a
2: i almost don't even want to know a range <laughs> mm.
3: uh, yeah and i bet it's i bet it's more expensive than a board oh yeah i mean especially if you count hours yeah like no question yeah a lot uh, of spray walls have holds that
0: you can't even get anymore too and that's that's, that's the, the, the cool best thing. spray wall. that's the best spray yeah. wall, yeah. like you know, we're, we got old pushers and things that you just can't find. And I mean, that's priceless. So <laughs> there's that too, Yeah, you know?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, other thoughts on like you, you sell these boards. I mean, that's part of your job and part, I mean, they sell themselves quite a bit as well, but what is your spiel for why should someone buy a board, whether it's a gym or a home wall user? that we haven't talked about?
2: I mean the tension board specifically or boards in general?
3: Let's go tension board specifically.
2: Okay. Well, let me, let me do boards in general real quick and then I'll do tension board. Cause there's a lot of boards out there. They all have their, you know, pros and cons and you know, I don't want to like discount them because like they're all good. It just kind of depends on what you want. Yeah. I think each um, one has its value. Yeah. And so kind of Assessing what is most important to you and which board is going to deliver that to you, I think, is the first stepping stone. And then just realizing, like Michael said earlier, you're not just buying a board, you're buying into a community. And so different boards have different communities. There's a lot of overlap, too. So really just kind of assessing the boards themselves and what you want, what's going to fit in your space, all that stuff. Um, and, and once you kind of get into that mindset, it's, it's pretty easy to pick which board to get. Um, what I tried to do with the tension board specifically is to create a, a really efficient and well-rounded use of space. Um, and so, you know, 8x12 is easy because it's three sheets of plywood. Um, we made it so that uh, you can use it with or without a kickboard. So that helps you get it into shorter ceiling heights if you want. Um, and then aside from that, kind of the three major things were an adjustable wall, having it be symmetrical and, uh, you know, really focusing on wood. And with the adjustability, that's, that's one of the things that's pretty difficult for a home wall user, um, you know, because engineering that can be troublesome if you've not Actually built walls like that in the past, and uh, what's good now is there are a handful of uh, adjustable wall systems that you can actually buy uh, for your home. And there's you know all different ones. Uh, Grasshopper Frameworks is one that has like a lot of different options for you know making them cost effective. Uh, Kamiki makes a wall, uh, and, you know, I'm, there's going to be more and more as this industry grows.
3: Yeah. Those were the two I looked at at CWA that I, I liked the best for sure.
2: Yeah. And then, so if you, you know, if you can't build an adjustable wall, picking an angle and that can also help you sort of decide between the boards too, because, uh, some boards support more angles than others. Um, and The so the the wooden holds on the tension board, I really wanted something that uh, wouldn't wreck your skin because, you know, I mean, I've personally have really bad skin. And if I'm training during the week and want to go out on the weekend and try and climb something hard, I can't be ruining my skin all week. Um, I've got to be able to kind of almost simultaneously grow skin from the last weekend where I split my tip. Still be able to train and then heal enough to go out on the weekend and try and split my tip again. Uh, <laughs> Which for him isn't that hard. No, I've got he's got a ter- he's pudding, his tips all the time. Pudding tips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and also with Wood, you get this like really kind of. Uh, we When we had talked to, at CWA and you'd brought up. Um, you had talked to someone about, like, offensive and defensive grip. Right. And, uh, like I told you then, that's I think about the same thing but just different words.
1: Different terms, yeah.
2: Um, But that, uh, that sort of, like, aggressive style where you never really get to relax into the texture of a hold and you're just constantly squeezing and having to carry that full body tension through multiple moves at a time. Uh, that sort of training stimulus is, you know, super invaluable and having slippery holds for your hands and slippery holds for your feet and just constantly being on and never really relaxing. Uh, I mean, that's powerful in a literal and figurative sense. So, um, that was, you know, why we decided wood and why we decided hardwood because with plywood, uh, the wood is actually softer than the glue. And so you wear the wood layers down between the glue layers and then the holds get this like kind of aggressive texture again. And that was like the whole point Hmm. to not have that in the beginning. Interesting. Um, So we just go with hardwood and then, uh, and then the symmetry is, is huge for uh, like I was saying earlier, like trying to get yourself outside your box um, like making a, a boulder problem and then being able to flip it helps you address uh, you know, different strengths and weaknesses, helps you identify different strengths and weaknesses. It's surprising how how different it can be where all you're you'll flash a boulder on one side and then be like three sessions deep on a single move on the mirror of the boulder problem. It's like, what's going on?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And being able to then like videotape yourself, kind of do that self-assessment. It's almost, it it makes it easier to sort of coach yourself and be like, I know I can do that move. I did it on the other side, but I can't do it on this side. Obviously, it's possible. Let me look at a video of me doing it the way that I did it and the way that I'm not. Like, what's different here? And that gets you in a really good growth mindset and, and helps you if you're that kind of lone wolf person. and You don't have someone there who's watching you and giving you feedback and helping make you up bolder problems. That mirror function is hugely beneficial. And there's, I mean, we figure out new ways to use it every time we session on the board.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I think the, the tension approach is a bit more training, uh, ask, you know, I mean, you get, you, you get so many things out of it other than just a, a climbing wall, you know? I mean, just for example, like, so you can't put a campus board in there. I mean, the, the symmetry aspect allows you to just campus on the board. I mean, we've got big enough holes where you can make campus boulder problems. I do it all the time. I mean, it, yeah. So it, from that standpoint, I mean, you're getting a lot more training out of in a, in a full body, you know, workout from it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of super valuable in that way. But I mean, you're
2: basically hangboarding. too. Right, exactly. Like when I'm doing like cycles where I'm I'm doing a lot more tension board than usual, I like bring my campus board levels down. I bring my hangboard levels down yeah. because it's really kind of a like a holistic training stimulus. Like you're using everything.
3: My fingers get worked way more on a tension board than they do hangboarding, campusing, spray wall, whatever. Okay, um, we're almost running out of time here. We have to get Nate to a tattoo appointment. Um, Getting some ink with with Marina. So. Um, Friend of yours, friend of ours, guest of the podcast. so Very badass. Um, but last question, really quick answers. If you have access to a spray wall and a tension board, moon board, kilter board, whatever, is there any reason to ever go to a commercial gym? Absolutely. Well, um, what's the top reason for well, you?
2: Well, the, the one thing that all of these boards definitely like boards like Tension, Kilter, Moon, Um, and pretty much every spray wall I've ever seen, they really lack that level of dimensionality Mm. and negative space that Mm -hmm. you get in gyms, like all that really featured stuff and roofs and big volumes, and really developing that sort of proprioception and ability to sort of assess space and move around in these really multi-dimensional ways is also super valuable and
3: despite what the naysayers say
2: despite what the naysayers say like those the weird really comp valuable. stuff the, the crazy big hold blobby weird things where you're like oh you'll never find anything like this outside yeah like get over it man that stuff is yeah. so good for you totally agree <laughs> it all
0: it all comes down to variety so if you have if you have the ability to go to a place it's going to give you variety no matter what it is do it so, I mean, it's going to help you in the in the long run. Your board's yeah. not going to answer every question, or you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna make you good at
3: everything that's out there. So, if anytime you've got a, uh, the option of doing more variety, do it. Yep, I, I completely agree. And we're just gonna to have to have a whole nother episode about why that stuff is valuable. <laughs> and it's not just the approach of you can only have little crimpers on a forty five degree wall. Damn right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you guys yeah, a ton. Thanks, man. You know, I always enjoy sitting down at Tension and talking to these guys. They put a ton of thought and energy into making a really incredible product. A, a whole line of incredible products. And you are doing yourself a disservice if you're interested in training for climbing and you haven't checked these guys out. At the very least, go check out the blog and read some of Will's genius ramblings. So, I mentioned this in the beginning, and I just want to let you know a couple of the details about these tension board crops, which are essentially the... So the problem with trying to fit a home wall into your space that doesn't quite work is no one has any good suggestions for how to make that happen. Grades are going to change, moves are going to change. so there's some contention there tension I didn't mean to do that contention tension tension has solved this problem essentially they've put out two crops they have the short and the short and narrow crop short is 10 feet by 8 feet the short and narrow is 10 feet by 5 feet so then you've got a much smaller tension board and you can go in the app, the tension board app, and check out the problems that are included and check out what that looks like if you're interested in having that set and having that board in your home space. I personally think a tiny little wall can be really, really valuable, especially if it's in a place where you're going to use it more often than not. And if you're not going to get to the gym and you would use this home wall instead, then this is a really smart way to go. And again, tension, innovating in what they offer to people who are looking to get better at climbing. And I assume that's all of you out there. If you're not trying to get better at climbing, stop listening. Unsubscribe, because I'm trying to help you get better. You can find the links to check out these tension boards, full size, the short, and the short and narrow, as well as all of their other training products. You can find that right there in your pocket supercomputer in the show notes. You can also find it on powercompanyclimbing.com. There are lots of other things you can find at powercompanyclimbing.com as well. There's all sorts of ways to support the podcast with shirts and products and and a Patreon that you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month and get extra episodes, and there's tons and tons and tons of information over there, as well as training plans, so go check it out. Dig around on the website. You'll probably find a good blog that I've totally forgotten about. If you do, send it to me, because I'd love to repost that stuff. You can also look for us on the Facebooks the instagrams, the pinterest at power company climbing. And you can look for us on the twitter, but you won't find us there because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, this time, this time, this time. This time, this time, this time, this time.
2: This
1: time, this time, this time, this time.
2: This time to build power. Chi- 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 power, power. This time time. time to build power. This time time. time to build power. This time this bit this time to build power. Power. This time time. This time to build. Chi- chi- this time someday, much, to build. This time this stand, riff,
0: this to build.
1: It's time for business, it's time for business